Hi, this is Ross Payton here with Role Playing Public Radio, and this is episode 31, Be a Team Player. And of course, with me, as always, is Tom, Mr. Tom Church. Yeah, man, every single time I hear that voice, it just makes me want to twist the knife in you a little deeper. Aww, I feel the same way about I'm you, sorry. Tom. I want to push this knife into Ross. <laughs> Anyways, well, I'm in a great mood because the uh, New World campaign, Primer Ransom, was a success. Uh, great oh, success. yeah! Yeah. We raised uh, more money than I was asking for, which is great. And, of course, if you still want to donate to RPPR, we have the PayPal button right on the site. And so, the uh, odds are pretty good. We'll probably do another one of these at some point. Yeah, we will. Uh, of course, we're working on the Primer as, not right, the second, but we are working on it. Uh, in fact, uh, both of us are. I'm writing most of it, but Tom has promised to write. Yeah, I got some, uh, I'm writing up some adventure hooks for it. There you go. Uh, and so you can see my abysmal chicken scratches. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll make it into passable English. So. I, oh, thank you, Ross. Yeah. I understand English very little. <laughs> Me not very smart, and so... No, I'm smart. I not understand English good. Yeah, exactly. So uh, keep an eye. We, the release date for that is May 20th uh, is what we're planning. And if you are an artist uh, and would like to contribute some art, uh, please uh, email rpprpodcast at gmail.com uh, and we can... Uh, we'll make you, you famous. Ideas. Yeah, we'll uh, get your art uh, spread all over the internet. Well, as, um, the, as whoever played Billy the Kid in that movie said, I'll make you famous. There you go. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh Anyway, uh, what else do we have? Oh, uh, Gen Con. We have some Gen Con news. Yes. Um, as you know, last year we uh, did the Dig to Victory World War One yeah. Call of Cthulhu scenario as run by same. Adam Scott Glancy of Pagan Press. Which and we, that, re- we were in a game the year before that, too. Yes, uh, Zeppelin. Um, and the Adam Scott Glancy started listening to RPPR. He's a big fan. He th- thinks it's great. And I'm... Uh, happy Dude, to. What know. other benediction can we have, man? Exactly. We're there. One of the Delta Green authors. So we are there. Um, but he uh, is running two Call Cthulhu playtesting two Call Cthulhu World War One scenarios, and he's given us some choices. Now I've put uh, the one scenario will be set in either Cameroon or China, and uh, with a, you know that 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 whole during World War One, lots of chaos and all kinds of exoticism. The other scenario, he's given us three choices. One would be in a, a Handley Page bomber, which is a British World War One bomber. Um, a second one would be in an Untersiboot. Uh, a U-boat. Wow, Ross. Yeah, Way to pronounce that. I know, right? And the third one would be an armored train in Siberia. Now, I voted now, for armored of, train well, in of Siberia. Of course you did. Yeah. You gave a shout-out to a book of armored trains. Yeah, which Adam Scott Glancy has read. Next you, you have a gigantic gamer chubby for that. <laughs> it's not even a gamer chubby. You just have a chubby for that. <laughs> Face it. Look at you right now. Yeah, but you have one. You're, don't, you're, don't, don't finish that sentence, Ross, really. For you boats, I was just going to oh. reciprocate. Okay, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, you are correct. I, I personally am voting for the U-boat scenario because... Well, be sure to post that on the comments on uh, episode 28 is where uh, Mr. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've, I've seen those. So, yeah. Uh, well, I was just telling our listeners out there. Yeah, well, I, I have that. this aversion to 
posting a lot of times. I know. Leaving me the stars have to align, and my, my biochemistry has to be in sync for me to do that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So it's uh, we'll have, of course, record both of those, post them on the website. Uh, Shane Ivey of Arc Dreams, who I'm writing for, I'm writing a new Monsters and Other Childish Things campaign supplement. Uh, they haven't figured out a title yet, but it's a summer vacation road trip sort of theme. It's right. structuring a little like Mass and I or Lothotep, but uh, you, know, you go around the country fighting evil, uh, writing wrongs. But anyway, uh, Shane Ivey is going to be running some game, Arc Dream games, and wants us to record them. So we'll be putting them, podcasting them as well. We are so going to have a plethora of Gen Con We stuff. are going to have so much shit recorded at Gen Con. It's, it's going to blow your mind. It is. And uh, I have promised to run six games for Arc Dream publishing at Gen Con. Now we don't. Uh, I've given, I've written them up, the little descriptions uh, uh, to Shane, and he hasn't officially entered them into the Gen Con thing because he's frantically busy because of a you know all well, kinds of stuff yeah, yeah. so uh but i'll give you a short rundown just give you a little preview a little taste of what uh, uh just, what just I, a sample so I'll, uh, when i get more information i'll let you guys know but here's what i've submitted and um hopefully they'll have be planning on one would be monsters and other childish things road trip uh pastoral manor it's a beautiful farm and it's the the most quaint farm and it's full of talking animals and the only problem is the talking animals want to overthrow the lord of the manor who's a cruel farmer and we're not talking about you know the cute just leave them tied up and you know, left left in the meadow where they take over. We're more talking. We're more talking Spanish about Civil War, the, the October Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. This is a hardcore animal farm uh, chaos for the, the the players to get mixed in. Except, and, except only one side will remain alive. Uh, just so you know, my sort of modus operandi, my 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 idea for this campaign is. Uh, to deconstruct various genres of children's literature. So obviously there's the talking animal farm pastoral thing. So that's that's pastoral. That's one of the games I'm going to be running. The next one is Sucrose Park, which is a theme park in Las Vegas where uh, kids are dropped off so their parents can go gambling. And Basically, oh, so parents can go lose the college fund? Exactly. And the idea for Sucrose Park, though, is that the, the guy who runs it is actually a monster or he uh, doesn't want anyone to ever, any of the kids to ever leave. So the, he gives them robot duplicates of their kids and the kids are trapped in there forever so now it's time to break well, that, out of- well that's harsh yeah exactly you think michael jackson's neverland as ron- no yeah. no oh we are not thinking that uh, nay one thousand times nay as run by something little a little less malevolent is what i was gonna say oh okay i mean if it's, if it's just a horrible monster running yeah. in place fine but Michael Jackson himself? No, no. My God, we're trying to make a ge- We're not trying to terrify people here, Ross. <laughs> I'm not trying to scar their souls, okay, Tom? It's just a game. I already did enough damage with the whole handgun story in the DBZ game. Exactly. I don't want to do any more. Exactly. So that's just a little taste. Oh, and then there's uh, a few other games going to be running. Be running uh, two games of Delta Green. Uh, this is going to be called the Night Shift. Uh, the players are. It's going to be a little, a little different. The players are guarding an, a large, the largest indoor retail facility in North America, with uh, all kinds of tactical gear and equipment. It's going to be using. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, get some. They have new rules for combat uh, in Delta Green targets of opportunity, and so hopefully, I'll be able to grab some of those and use them. So, lots of gunfighting chaos. But there's there's something else going on in this indoor. Well, of this course, mall, there is. So. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but it should be fun. And then I'm going to be running one wild talents game, which is the Arc Dreams one roll engine. One, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is, uh, I've read through that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the Age of Mask. I'm going to be running basically uh, same set in the same universe. I've set our Immune to Masterminds game, which I will post the first episode of that next, and then I'll post uh, episode seven of the new world. Right. So, okay. Um, 
So yeah, we'll uh, I'll be running. All- I, I'm not yeah. basically. I, I plan not to sleep for Gen Con. Basically, well, sleep is for pussies. I'm going to be playing in or playing or running like in over ten games. It sounds well, like you want to work in Hollywood. You're supposed to survive on hatred and ambition and cocaine. But I, I'm too cheap for cocaine. So we'll see how far. Well, we'll just stick with coffee for now. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Red, Red Bull, Bull. Yeah. Red Bull and, and, uh, and Red Bull. And well, veiled. well, wait. We're in the we're in the Midwest. Red Bull and meth. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see yeah. how that goes. I'll but. be running a few things nothing official yeah uh yeah tell us about that well i i am gonna i'm gonna try to run that uh call of cthulhu game i did just the world war ii game the world, we've but, told you about i think yeah i've just re, i've reworked a bunch of stuff that first play test with you was invaluable yeah yeah i've made a lot of changes to it yeah it'll be cool um, and uh, i got some mutants and mastermind stuff i'll be doing because i yeah. Can't seem to stop running that. No, you're not going to be officially registering these events. No, anymore. no. These are just things you can, if you're interested in, you can get with me. We'll uh, organize this on the RPPR forums as we get closer to Gen Con. We'll uh, try and do this, uh, set this up so Tom, you can let people know if they want to show up. Because I know at least a few of our fans are wanting to, are going to Gen Con. So. Right, right. Uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. So, uh, so you can, yeah, you guys can, you know, share with, which one of my completely unplanned and Bullcrap little scenarios you want to be a part of. Um, that's just how I talk, man. Exactly. Everything I do is crap. There you go. So that's uh, a little bit about Gen Con. But now let's go to the main topic. Oh, yes. Our episode now. Yes. Uh, now this isn't going to be like advice per se, but we're going to be talking about... Uh, you see, I've recently uh, been reintroduced to the joys of being a player. Which you don't get to very often. I don't. And um, so what... I thought for this episode, Tom and I would just talk about what we like as players in games, and we're going to ask each other, we're going to sort of interview each other uh, in some questions about what we want to do in games and how we enjoy games and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, I'll just get this topic started. Just get the ball rolling? Um, I'll just get a little introduce um, basically what I like to do in games. Um, I've sort of realized is that I'm I'm kind of like the GM player, and by that I mean I'm not the GM who throws in his PC along with the other players, because that's totally kind of... Usually it's not a good idea, you know? Mm, that, yeah. Like, but I'm the player who makes his own plans and kind of... I wouldn't say dictator control, but I kind of move things along the way I think they should be doing, so I'm often the guy who takes charge, I'm the guy who comes up with wacky plans. Because everyone else can't decide what to do. Yeah, the thing I hate the most in anything really is indecisiveness like it turn like i hate being in a group of people and nobody wants to take charge and nobody wants to do anything or like make a decision so that's why i did this podcast is because i was tired i think of people like oh let's do something i don't know well fuck it i'm gonna do it so yeah i believe it was a we did a little bullshit road trip to arkansas yeah and we thought of that's where we thought of this podcast yeah but i i took charge and i did it and in games no, no, that's, but the difference is i think you know we were talking about doing it yeah. But you said you said we're going to do this. Yeah, and I'm like, eh, I'm with you, I guess. <laughs> exactly, you're Mister Indecide. Yeah. But yeah. when you when you said, hey, Tom, you called me, Tom, we're going to do this. I'm like, I'm there. Exactly. See, so that's how we roll, and that's how I play games. Like uh, the anecdote we have for uh, today is for uh, I've mentioned this on the the for, RPPR forums a little bit. Operation Trojan Owlbear, uh, which uh, is a plan I came up with in a D and D game I've been playing in, and. 
so that's my overall modus operandi. It's like when I was playing in the uh, Santa Claus game, the GM uh, John told me it's always good having a game master for a player because he's often a little more cooperative and gets things moving along. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Is like I'm not trying to be like the hog and center the hog the spotlight and be number one. I'm the most important game. It's like I want to everybody have a good time. So whenever I see a roadblock or whatever, I'll try and jump in and take care of that so you don't need to you need to hear people like you're the duke of new york a number one yeah so it, for me it's just making sure that like i i hate games that get caught up in stupid bullshit you know like indecision like the players can't decide what to do next or the gm loses the track so i'll make lots of suggestions be like hey why don't we do this hey let's do this oh have you forgotten about this and blah 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 so that that i'm trying to help the gm usually help me to help you exactly um, so that's, that's kind of my little, that's, that's what I've realized what I do in games. And, um, it, 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 although it depends on the group, like if I, you know, in the World War One game, like with all these playing with game designers, you, you don't really need to, they're not indecisive. They're all like, they're all <laughs> act like me. No, I, I remember the, uh, you know, the, the, the Call of Duty games we've done in, uh, in yeah, Gen Con, they, it's pretty, okay, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Everyone knows what they're wanting Occasionally to do. mixed in with, a, you know, someone thinks of a funny joke, yeah. says it like, that was a funny joke. Cool. We laugh, and then, all right, what do you do? Exactly. Everyone's on. The, everyone's like me. Like, this, I guess like, this is know, how like, game design. But, of like, course, you know, we, they, you know, they always take a bullshit break, yeah. but they get right back to it. Or they all make obscure historical references, and then... And when, I, I, I find it's really fun to play with history buffs, Yeah, because I love history, too. <laughs> yeah. It's... It's fun. So, yeah. Um, so, I basically play like I'm a game designer, which I guess I kind of am. So, mm-hmm. um, Or a game writer, whatever term you want to use. So, that's how I roll. Tom, what about you? How do I roll? How do you roll? Well. That is the question. The thing I like, I like to do, the kind of player I am, I'm not going to mention my character type. I've mentioned that six million times before. But what I like Monster. to do... What? Monster. Thank you. Yeah. But I like... To play, I like to I like to interact with the environment the GM creates, whether that's especially especially NPCs. But mm. I like worlds that I can kind of get into. I guess I'm the role player, mm-hmm. not the kind that where if I'm playing a fantasy game, I start talking in ye old English or right. I, you know, I but I like to speak in character because mm-hmm. most of my characters are pretty much me. <laughs> Well, okay, no. No, that's fine. It's a, it's a, you understand your limitations too. Yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, I, I I'll try different things, but I get I, I don't like to I don't like to do things that I that are completely different. I don't think I could do a female character. Hmm. I know some people that love to that a guy's a friend of mine, but I can't. <laughs> but I, what I lo- I love to, what I most like to do I like to be be in an interesting environment, an interesting setting, an interesting story with interesting NPCs and other characters where right. I can do, I can be a part of it. Okay. Yeah, you know, I like to be the part of the story that we're collaborating with the GM. Not we're along for the ride. Okay. I can't that I cannot stand. Okay. But, you know, it's for me what I, what I need to do mm. is get my character into that world, interacting with it, fucking with it if it needs to be fucked with. You know, like I actually have played in a in the Harry Potter world, but I have screwed with it. Mm. To the point where it's fun for me, right? Right. Yeah, you know, I can do a great number of really stupid, seemingly stupid games if I have the chance to give it my own personal touch. Mm. So, yeah, um, no, I totally uh, understand that that perspective. I mean, for me, like interacting with NPCs, um, 
isn't so much of a priority uh, as long as it, I'm more interested in, like, I wouldn't say the game mechanics per se, but the mechanics of what my character does. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very interested in building bases or, or making armies or constructing or things. Or administ- administrative stuff. Or, well, not just administrative stuff. I mean, it's if it's not administrative per se, but, like, trying something that's very complex and difficult to do and just seeing how it hinges together, like... Um, like pulling off a complicated con would be really fun for my character to do, to do uh, or for me to do. And um, you know, one thing you did mention that uh, I I do want to mention for me, um, I'm really against uh, you know, your your character type is the the monster. You know, that's what the monster's hero. Yeah, the monster's hero. For me, I, I I'm recently I've gotten to the point where I want my make my character as plain as possible. Mm -hmm. Like I will make, uh, I don't, what I really hate in games is how, uh, a lot of players try and make their characters so special and so unique with a reader's digest of background. Well, or that, you know, I'm the, you know, I was orphaned at birth and trained by a wandering master and I am full of angst and rage and my two blades. Oh, you don't like angst and Katana's character. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um, that's why you made fun of it, Tom. Uh, oh yes, I know. So I, I watched it exactly. So what I, what I'm trying to do is I, I make my guy just a normal guy, and then see make him interesting through what I do in the game. You know, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't try and make no. some tragically weird. Well, the past. Uh, well, you know, the past doesn't matter. Yeah, it's well. It's, it's what it's what you do. My central it. philosophy is the care what a, a player character's most interesting time of his life is what he does in the game that's the highlight of his of his entire life if you think about it everything before and everything after is not going to be nearly it's just as, filler yeah i mean usually their 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 life ends while they're adventuring but still up all that stuff beforehand that can't possibly be as interesting as what he does when the player's you know pulling the strings basically mm-hmm. i've had so, a few horror stories with that too by the way the that you know, that their their characters have done so many awesome, incredible adventures before mm. the game started. They actually played them as aloof and bored. Yeah, just like like oh, it's like oh, a dragon. Yeah, yes, I remember the one I faced back you know back in the day. Yeah, and it it literally became like oh well yes, if you want to go do that. Yeah, that's... he actually got the almost the the you know the preppy. Well, hey, Buffy. Yeah. Voice. yeah, yeah. The Revenge of the, the Waspy, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Waspy thing. Um, true. So, um, now you mentioned uh, uh, sort of like the plot, you know, being the story. Now, what, what, what about the plot that made, makes you so interested about it? So, well, or what? Yeah, go on. Okay, well, as for the plot, I think what's most important to me, it's not so much what it is. I mean, mm. it's got to be interesting. But I've heard a lot of really dumb plot ideas mm. that were made cool. Yeah. I think what's most important is it keeps you I mean, it keeps you hooked. Yeah. So you know the plot keeps me hooked. Like, but I also feel like I am making the story go along. Okay. That it's it's not just the, you know it's well not just the GM going I'm like I'm this is my genius work and you're along for the ride. Okay. The the railroading. Yeah. Yeah. You know I I need I need to know that I am contributing. Mm. And I don't need to be the star, but actually I think. It's not so much me as a group. I think the whole group needs to be contributing because mm. if I'm the only one doing anything, I, I no matter no matter what kind of genius thing I end up doing, I always kind of feel like oh, well, anyone else want to come along and do this thing with me? No, no, yeah. anyone? Super. 
Yeah. Yeah, I've been in too many of those. I guess it needs to be it needs I need a game where the players are in sync, mm. the GM's in sync and we're and we're you know, just we're working the same story and making it all of ours. I don't want it to be just the GM story, I don't want it to be just the GM and my story. Right. That's the best games I've ever been in and the best characters I've ever played were been ones where all the players were into it. Mm. You know, doing their thing, contributing, but working, working towards the common goal. And by the time it was over, like, dude, that was, we're all like, dude, that was cool. All right. Cool. Basically, yeah. I want what I want at the, at the end is to when the game's over to stop and sit back and like, and then reminisce for an hour about it. Okay, that's what I want to do. So let's get a little more specific. What does make uh, certain things more memorable to you? I mean, what what kind of tropes? You know. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. To I've, use terminology. Ooh. Yeah, well. Uh, to me, first of all, NPCs. Right. Who, I, you know, the setting, you know, okay, well, I'll start. The setting has to kind of rope me in in the beginning. Okay. It, well, I mean, specifically, what, what, what well, sort of thing? Well, um, I, well, like, I think I need, uh, I don't just want, I, I just, first of all, I need to have some description. Okay. Like, I don't want to have, you're standing on the street corner. I, I I don't and I don't and I don't want a reader's a reader's digest of cra- of you know flavor text. Right, right, right. But I want to know you know where I'm starting out or this the bar we're supposed to be going to. Describe it to me. Is it an old dingy kind of bar? Is, is it like a retro fifties diner? Then I, and then second to that, I need the NPCs. They need to have a little life. Hmm. Like I you know they need to have somewhat of a unique voice. Right. I don't want to have just you know a monotone or the same this the GM's voice, right? You know, throw in an accent. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't even describe it. You know, you can actually just do some generic accents that have no discernible location, right? They need to, you know tell me how they're dressed, how you know how they're you know are they smoking and if it's like is it a cigar or a cigarette on a cigarette holder? You know, I need something with them and also don't describe them to me in that much detail unless they're also going to be a part of it. Okay. You know, you can describe the various people sitting around, but save your best description for the ones that are actually going to talk to you. Because I've actually had a recently, not well recently, but a few weeks ago, had a game situation where a character described this guy sitting in the corner, you know, really good detail. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, but he had no point to the story at all. He was just describing this guy in the corner, and the description of this guy was better than every other person in the bar. <laughs> So, you know, it's like, great, you just described a, the one person I most want to interact with apparently has nothing to, nothing to That's do. That's true. The, the, the thing is, when you're, you, when you're running a game, whatever you describe, you're putting a spotlight on. So if it's not relevant to the game, why are you putting the spotlight mm-hmm. on it? I mean, there's Chekhov's rules. If there's a gun on the mantelpiece in the first act, third act, someone needs to, you know, it's that, that gun needs to be fired. Someone needs to be right. shot. So but then... Just interdict. Just yeah, I would say then, music is good... I, I kind of I, music helps me. I kind of I kind of like to have it, mm. but you know in our case we can't for right. you know copyright reasons. I totally understand that. But more important than having good music is to not have bad music. Okay, I've had more experiences with bad music than I have. Well, give me a little a couple of well examples. I'd like to hear this. Okay, well, one uh, was a D and D was D and D three point five, mm. and. The guy and the guy brought uh, the CD. The guy was using was a Slipknot CD. Wow! But we weren't doing this during combat, right? Maybe if we were in the middle of a fight, yeah. I could have. No, but we were actually. 
our characters were meeting with the uh, you know not like not the king but the duke, yeah. like the highest level noble in the city, and we were sitting down at a uh, at a feast he was holding, to because we were trying to we were try, I remember we were trying to get his sponsorship to go on this expedition to, you know, go into dangerous area and kill whatever we needed to kill. Right. But he had this he had this like Slipknot music playing on a stereo, and it was like really loud you know just heavy metal type shit. Right. It's totally killing the mood hmm. because you know we're because it's it's pumping us up. We're, right, we're, right. we're in a combat we're in a combat mood now. Yeah, and we're supposed to be inter- interacting. So instead of you know I've I've been in, I've done some good interaction on a, some social situations, but instead the negotiation kind of tells you like like it's like all right it's like so are you gonna lend us the fucking money or what? <laughs> you know it's, nice. it's getting it's getting a little aggro. Yeah yeah yeah. I, I I know what you mean. Um, that's that that's not a good choice. No, if if it's ba- if it's bad music and no music, I would rather have no music. Right. Um, then okay. Then you know once again, and the story, the story once again, I it needs it need I need I need to feel like the story needs to be told. Okay. And I, that's difficult to explain for me. Okay. Because I don't I don't know what does it. It, it just you know for whatever reason a story if I hear a certain one. And you wrote me in in the beginning with it, right? It, well, can you give me like um, a quick description of one that would that did grab you and one that did not grab you? Okay, well, the ones that always grab me, yeah. my friend Andy, and I'm totally going to go into him more later. Yeah, but just one. Yeah. Okay. This. Okay. The story was it was a uh, it was our it was our characters in his in his little worlds. So we're basically playing idealized versions of ourselves, right? And it starts off this robot just walks in begging for help. Okay. And it's, it came out of nowhere mm. that we're you're kind of sitting down. We're doing, you know, just our banter back and forth for the opening scene. And, you know, we're like, uh, it's like so what'd you be doing? Uh, you know, the black back and forth. And then the doors open and this kind of, this kind of like, you know, like three foot tall robot, you know, kind of, you know, just, you know, looks like actually, it looks like just kind of a bucket, you know, a bucket with legs comes in and in a pleading voice and he did the voice really well mm. you know like a, a robotic butt pleading voice saying please i need your help okay and all right that's good that's all you need yeah so, it, well, it, well give me one that didn't grab you well yeah one that the one that most stands out in my mind he started off in a bad way i believe it was he was basing it off star trek mm-hmm. you know once again you know the idea. I think is stupid. I'll go with it. the story's good. Right. Starts it off. We're on. Says he. He told us the name of the ship we were on. And then said, "Okay, Cleon ships attacking you. What do you do?" <laughs> That's uh, a that that like that. From that moment on, it didn't really matter what happened after that. That opening, just that opening line, just kind of severed it right there. A little too abrupt. A little too abrupt. Like well, like you know, no no red alert. Just. No, you're you're in the middle of a fight right now. <laughs> okay, I could see that. I could see that. And you know, I looked around. At most everyone at the table was like, mm, "Yeah." Okay. So the whole rest of the game, we were like, "Yeah, okay, we do this." Yeah. All right. Okay. I guess I roll into attack and. Okay. So I. Okay, I, yeah, you've answered those questions very have well. Have I? All right. Yeah. Good. Good. So. All right. And well, anyway, now to you. Yeah. I like to know what sets off what I like to call my cynicism alert, but mm. really it's 
what what starts what starts warning starts a warning in your head that you've got a bad game happening here? Um, I think the very first thing isn't even in the game itself. It's if we try to play in a place that isn't conducive to gaming, like uh. You know, there's a friend I have, Jason, who we tried once to play a and d game, but we did it in his living room um, without a table set up, but we all just sat in the various easy chairs. And, I was there. Yeah. I was there. I remember Yeah, this. and it just, we were all disengaged from the game because we were all sitting in our individual chairs, so we were kind of far away from each other, and we didn't have a table where we could put our books out, our dice out, and there's no place to roll the dice easy. That, uh, I, that totally kills it right yeah. there. Yeah, so just, if, if you don't have a good environment to play in, first off, I mean, it's just... Throw it out the walls papered with porn. Well, that's, I've talked about that. I mean, that's that's beyond bad game board. Um <laughs> I think the uh, the thing is, uh, and they're like trying to play a game in a public place, like oh, yeah. Denny's or Steak and Shake or something like that, or just it's just for me. I, I I don't I'm not really comfortable doing it unless it's a you know game shop. Obviously, it's differently, and even a game shop if it's way too crowded, you know, if there's like a, if there's a, if there's a tournament, yeah, going a tournament on. going on or something like that, it's like ah, uh, this is too busy, too crowded. Um, because I like to relax and feel comfortable when I'm gaming. I don't like doing... And if you're in some weird place or it's a, you know... A person's house is pretty... Yeah. If it's or done... The, right. I mean, the worst would be like the Achy Breaky Mythos playing in somebody's painted... You know, in someone's basement that... Uh, with the windows Billy, painted over and the door closed. And, and a Billy Ray Cyrus poster. Exactly, you know. That, that just, I don't, that's scarier than Cthulhu the, right the, there. The second thing that, that really actually kills it for me is um, basing it on something that... Like it, basing it on something that's established that doesn't have its own gaming book, like Star Wars, that's fine because they're Star Wars books. Star Trek, that's fine. But if you are using your own homebrewed Final Fantasy, like oh dear, like you're using D and D set rules, but with your own homebrewed Final Fantasy stuff you got off the internet, no, I mean it's just no, it's it's bad. I mean I don't like it. Um, like I played a one game of that that was supposed to be a campaign, but it was literally I made a mage. Oh, I do fire every round. Oh, you know, I do magic missile every round. It was pretty lame. Yeah, actual face to face paper and pencil RPGing doesn't consist well with the with the video game. Well, just trying to base. I mean, I know Cody's done like things in uh, He Man that you know worked apparently pretty well. Well, he used well he used an established system for it. Well, even so, but I mean. Like, honestly, a He-Man would be a big warning sign to me. Like, I would still try it out, but it would be like, whoa, this better be good. Better it's be like, whoa, well, we're already on DEF CON 4 here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is sort of a warning. Um, other things, uh, if the if there's too much emphasis on one thing or the other, like if you're playing with a Grognard who's, you know, an old school gamer who's too heavy on the historical simulation and, like, rants about various historical... Like, you know, you, you know Craig, right? You know, oh yeah, the crazy. It's guy not a Necron brain, yeah, exactly. Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was playing D and D fourth ed at Metagames the other day uh, on Sunday, and Craig was running his own game, and I was just browsing the used game sh- shelf while he was ranting to his group, and he was spinning like, "Oh, blah blah blah. Oh, the Germans could have won World War Two if they'd only done this, and uh, you can dot this- these rules don't let you parry only. They only let you parry once per round. That's totally." <laughs> I fenced before it. Let me tell you, you can parry more than once per round. And you, they will let you dodge missile weapons. You can dodge missile weapons. And just, you Douchebag. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god. Uh, like, at what point does this stop being a game and becomes personal? Um, 
homebrewed rules in general, because most of them are terrible in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what else? Uh, an emphasis on like anything, like oh, like anyone with a political rant or something like that. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Um, just a, if the game, if it's a new game master and he has totally incredibly bad like uh, uh, social habits or something like that, and you know just autistic or aspergers or whatever i mean he, he just doesn't oh god yeah actually the uh someone going on a political rant that actually happened to me yeah so yeah, you know it was it was a uh, he was running a it was running a game i i don't even want to recall what it was but let's it was enough that he said like says yeah it's like says yeah the, the liberal liberal pussy stopped you know stop trying to stop bush from doing his job and he stopped 9-11 in this world yeah exactly exactly so um like wow yeah so I think those are the the game warnings. Uh, if the environment's bad and the game itself doesn't seem like it's a solid game at the very beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. homebrewed systems or rules add-ons suck for the most part. I mean, I'm just, you know. And, yeah, if there's weird things about the Game Master. So really, um, or if the Game Master's really bored and doesn't re- doesn't seem really interested in it. You know, you the game. If you're the game master, you really need to sell the game to get players hooked mm-hmm. in the first place. I mean, you really need to like, ah, you got this shit going on. You know, we're doing this. Or if one he keeps reading a book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I think those are those are some of my personal warning signs. I mean, I'm just thinking of experience, like all the the bad games I've played in, or the other thing. You know, you you join a new games and the other players turn on you. Like there's a like favoritism, or you're like. Any game, if you, I'm just gonna say this. Any RP player listener, if you ever play in a game and you and you're the new man playing and they don't make efforts to include you, fuck them. I mean, really, you should. If you're gaming with people, they should, you know, want you to be there. If they're gonna play some sort of passive aggressive bullshit game where they like, oh, you're the little low guy. Oh, we we we're gonna uh, make fun of you or we're gonna abuse you. We're gonna it's like we the- have history together. Who yeah. the hell are you? Exactly. I mean. Then one, they're in, they're passive aggressive. Two, they're they're insecure about themselves. And three, you're not going to have fun. That's the most important thing. No. You're not going to have fun in a game like that. Period. So and when a game starts to feel like work, yeah, it's not fun. It's you know the one game I played of Shadowrun with uh, these two. I played one game of Shadowrun once where the two players turned on me. I can't remember why, and I barely my character barely survived it. But it was still just retarded that they would just. I, I can't even remember why they turned on me. It was just a really retarded thing. So, um, you're playing to have fun, and you're playing to have a good time. If, if you, the players aren't going to give you a chance, I mean, just you know, it's not worth it. Walk out. Bad gaming is worse than no gaming. Mm, so, um, anyway, so I've got a little. Uh, it for me. Yeah. Um, what's really surprised you in a game? I mean, have it, what kind of thing really take you, you know, like out, just out left field, you know, either examples or just in general, what really like, oh my, what the fuck is going on? Or just like, whoa. Well, you know, the okay. Neo Woe moment, basically. The th- okay. The things that I've most done that I've actually done in a game and yeah. have had done to me is a long established, you know, NPC, a yeah. character that you've long, you know, for a long time in the game, you've dealt with, you've worked with, he's been a, maybe even a part of your team, turns on you. Mm. And not just a sudden, you know, GM fiat, now he's evil. Right. That he's been doing it the whole time, and if you had just seen some of the clues that were dropped, you'd know that this was coming. Okay. And 
it's the ones that when he says, okay, he's turned on you. And then you think back and like, oh my God, he was. <laughs> it, it has to be a moment like that. You know, it's just like, oh, dude, he, what the fuck? Come on. I, all right. But no, but if he, if then you think back, you know, mm. the, and just, holy fuck, he was plotting against us this whole time. Have you, has that happened to you? Yes, it has. Wow. And I've actually done it in a game. When I was, and I was like, are they going to buy this? Because, man, I don't like know. Like, as a player, you betrayed the other players? No. Uh, as a GM? As a GM, I had an NPC who was going to betray them from the beginning. Okay. And they had plenty of time to see it. And they didn't. And they didn't. And, okay. in fact, uh, my friend Andy, once again, who I, I like, <laughs> said uh, that was his favorite. It was a game I based on Underworld. Yeah. And somehow we made it fun and work. Right. That this one guy that they're with betrayed them, and he said that was his favorite moment in the whole game. When he says his betrayal, and he says, and I never saw it coming. Mm. Um, but it's happened, and, and to, you it's, it's happened to me as well. Who was, was running? Was it Andy or was it someone? No, it wasn't Andy. It was, uh, this was, I think this was back when I was still gaming with Sean. Okay. He might have actually been running it now that I think of it. Okay. But one, yeah, one member of our team, I, it was a White Wolf game. Yeah. And, um, I think it was Vampire. That was kind of his thing. Right. So yeah, we were, I forget the specifics. It was a long time ago. But I remember that there was a member of our group of vampires, I think it was, that you know, was with us the, from the night we got embraced. Mm. And was, you know, he's the, he's the one that stepped, you know, that you know, stepped in and showed us the ropes. Right. Then, and, uh, you know, gave us our first hideout, gave us our contacts in the city. And this was like a good month of gameplay. And this guy turns out to be Sabat. Okay. And he, and he they and he was using us the whole time. And it was one of those. It happened. We were mad for about one second. Then we thought back into the, some of the situation. Like, oh motherfucker, he was. <laughs> well, we we stopped. We had to take like a, we had to actually take like about a five minute motherfucker break. <laughs> and just like and we looked like you son of a bitch. Okay. But you know, but we were pumped after that. Okay. It was, it was it was that kind of shit. Okay. Know? So it's a really big reversal that was built up intelligently yeah. and it yeah. took a long Or it, maybe actually another one that's also it's the, along the same lines. Yeah. But it's like a long established villain. Right. Ends up joining us. Okay. For and under similar Another reversal. Yeah. Best reversals that are hinted at and if you pay attention you can kind of see happening. For a length of time, do players ever figure those lo- those things that have lots of subtle clues and take time to figure out? Every once in a while, they'll pick up on it, right? And they'll say, "I," and they'll they'll suspect. Yeah, they'll never act on it. <laughs> no, they'll never act on it. But they'll say, you know, they say, you know, you know I thought you know, back when you did this. Yeah, it's those kind of moments I live for. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I like that. So. The, the 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 big reversals. So um, yeah. Yeah. Now uh, I got another one for you. Okay. We've all we all we all know my favorite character type. Yeah. Which the is monster. the, the monstrous hero. Monstrous hero. Okay. Inquiring minds want to know what is the favorite kind of character you like to play besides the plain character. We already said that. Well, I mean, a plain in the sense that I don't try and gussy him up. Make right. Him, make him more unique than he really is. You don't need any spit shine and polish. Exactly. Right? I mean, uh, I'll define. He he'll become distinguished through his actions in the game, but um. What I like to do, it, it the exact character, it depends on the game system. But in general, I like characters who have a lot of options available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate playing specialists that are only good at one type of thing. Um, like, you know, in the World War II game that I played in uh, where 
the we were civilians hiding, right? Start trying to survive. Was that like twenty five point characters? Yeah, it was a thirty point. Uh, but yeah, basically, and you know the other two players had already been made, and one was like a um, kind of a, a foppish British exile noble, and the other one was like a working class guy with some you know uh, survival type skills. Right. So I made a doctor because I figured, hey, the group needs that, and as a doctor, I had. I could reasonably give myself a lot of different, and I gave myself a lot of different skills, none too high except medicine. But uh, you know, I, I could try a lot of different things. And in Fourth Ed, I'm making, a, I'm playing a rogue right now, and a rogue because I feel be- the stealth, the thievery, and the bluffing mm-hmm. give me a lot of options. Like I can try and sneak up ahead and figure things out. On I can try and con people. I can try and pick pockets. You know, pick locks. I can do a lot of things other than just fighting. And I feel if I was just playing, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to play a fighter per se because that's all the fighter can really do. I think um, mm-hmm. so. You know, a lot of my favorite characters are always the ones who are versatile. You know, who could be useful in many. Yeah. Situations. So it, it really depends on the genre. You know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, in like Third Ed, I'd play a wizard because of all the, especially at low levels, you have to come up with so many creative uses for all those low level spells. Uh, but also in general, um, I'm not so wedded to any type of character concept that, like, if the group needs something, I'll play it. Something like I, I'm, I'm like most players, I don't like playing a cleric in D and D. But mm-hmm. you know, um, if the group needs one. Yeah, I mean, I played one, so uh, yeah, that, that's that's uh, that, that's my thing is just making sure I, I I can try a lot of different things. You know, um, I don't have to be a leader, but if I can be an, you know, I guess the the smart guy. I mean, I don't, I don't have to be like super smart. It just it, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I get you. Yeah, I just it it depends on the game mechanics. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever gives me the most options in the game mechanics. Um, so. I don't want to. I, I, so jack of all trades. Usually, I guess that, that's that's what I want to try on because I don't want to be too s- niche. You know, I don't want to be too specific, too specialized. Right. So, yeah, that 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 sort of thing. So if you, you if you want to name a particular genre or system, I can tell you more specifically. Okay. Well, I hope to run some like a super mutant, mutant to mastermind superhero type thing. Okay. What kind of dude? You know, not thinking of what the group needs. Right. Just what kind of dude of character in there would you, would you uh, well of? first I'd ask what's you know appropriate for the genre and yeah, is it like a four colors grim and gritty right right. right well assuming it's a standard like like no specific limitations on character archetypes um, I would probably off the top of my head probably want to play like a psionic or a mystic mm-hmm. uh, because with the spells I could you know pick a yeah, lot of different powers use a mastermind's magics really yeah exactly it's really a jack versatile. of all trades I could be pretty good at a lot of different things um, beyond that maybe uh, so those would be my first two options without knowing right. anything else specific would be a psionic or a mystic with a lot of different psychic abilities or mystical abilities so yeah that's yeah, what I'd want. I, I hope to run one of those with you soon. Right. Um, or the third one would be a costume vigilante, you know, a Batman mm-hmm. type. Because, again, with all those skills and equipment and gear, I could try a lot of different yeah. things. I know as many people in that game. I've run, I've run many, many a game of that with yeah. my other group. And they often neglect the skills. Yeah. They make powerhouses that, okay, well, uh, make a notice check. You, that's the skill they always seem to forget to take <laughs> notice. Nice, nice. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely I would probably those three archetypes, the 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 psychic, the the mystic or the the Batman <laughs> costume nice. vigilante. The, those would be the three I would pick. Nice. So like um, okay. that's that that w- would what I I yeah, what I do. So I want to know Tom, yes. what 
what would it take you to play a game that's outside your comfort zone? Like, you know, they're, they're, obviously everyone has their own favorite genres and certain type mm-hmm. of things, but, um, you know, what would what would it take for you to play something that's not one of your favorite things? Well, right? to be honest, you know, back in the day, uh, Call of Cthulhu would be outside my comfort zone. Really? Yeah. Um, okay, I think the the one number one thing that it would take for me to do that, I would have to know and trust the GM. Okay. Like if you were to run, if you were to like, hey, I have this Sa- thing, you know, Sailor Moon. Yeah, you are one of the only people. You know, <laughs> if, if, if anyone, just about anyone else, and maybe I would have to say, if Aaron came to me wanting to run a Sailor Moon game, I probably would, simply because he's an anime freak and knows Sailor Moon front front and back. Okay. But you know, or you, but you, I can't think of a bad game I've been in with you. Oh. And I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> there's there's some games that I personally was tired or bored with. Oh, yeah? But I don't think that was more just me. Well, um, what were they? Well you, well, you remember the times back when I would make characters for another game during while you were running it? You do that a lot. I, I, I oh, not, not Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, like, years ago I used to, I yeah. admit. And I don't know what it was. Right. I don't, know what, I, don't, I, th- I don't know if I just got off work or whatever, but right. something just, just maybe not into it. Mm-hmm. Not so much now. Not so much now. But you know, if you if you came to me holding holding the Sailor Moon book, right? Which I own, by the way. Never, <laughs> never mind. But if you said, "Hey, I want to try to run this," I'm like, I have to play this just to see where Ross is going to take. Or nineteenth or GURPS game, nineteenth century Prussian peasants uh, dealing with agricultural machinery. Yeah, once again, I think that's the primary thing is. If the certain GM is running, I would go. I have to see how, what he's going to do with this. <laughs> you know you. I think that's it. I think that's it right there. The one thing that would the make personal me, connection. So, and well, more just yeah, you know, personal connection that I know this guy, and I don't care how ridiculous it seems. Like, you know, okay, we're gonna take the uh, big guy, small mouth system of big ear, small mouse. We're playing little forest animals, mm. and uh, I want to run this. Yeah, I would say I have to know what Ross is gonna do with this. Uh, well, what sort of things now are in outside of your company? You said Call of Cthulhu used to be, but obviously, oh it's no, not I now. played it so much. And now I've run a game right now. But so. what would you call? What would be outside of your comfort zone now? So I can start. Well, not so much role playing, but uh, miniatures games. Miniature games. Yeah, actually, I I think still like Warhammer or BattleTech, right? You know that that kind of stuff. I think is which is ironic because you bought all that Monster Apocalypse stuff, and yeah, and I, by the, I've never played a game of it yet, right? But I bought it because it looks really cool, and I love monsters. But that alone will show just how much I love monsters. I'll even buy a game I haven't even played yet. Right. If it's got cool figures and shit. But, you know, what's one? Uh, and I know we do a lot of miniature stuff when we run combat in 4th Ed, but there's a whole lot of role-playing over it. Right. Well, that's just to the... I mean, basically, 4th Ed is built No, and I know it yeah. helps. It right. really helps to really... But, like, um, so a, a game... A skirmish game like Necromunda, or yeah, something like so, that. or a Car Wars or something. Yeah. A lot of those games, it's you'd have to you'd have to convince me. You have to make it. You have to make a diplomacy check to Ooh. to get me. to What run. about war games in general, like historical war games? Um, like maybe little counters instead of miniatures. Like, once, once again, if it's like a historical thing, the history buff in me might take over and say, "Try it out! Come on, you know some shit. You can <laughs> do it." Like, it's like, or like, you know, it's like, okay, it's like little the naval ship games, like it's the Battle of Midway. Dude, you know how the Battle of Midway happened. You know the names of the ships involved. So the campaign in North Africa, you'd be willing to play that if I could talk yeah, you into that? Yeah, because I'm total. I mean, I, I, I'm actually, I think Rommel was really cool. 
Yeah. Not just the Nazi, but a great you officer. You know, that, that, that's the ridiculously complex one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, if you ran that, I was like, I just need to see what the rules are in this. <laughs> I, I, actually, that, that may be outside my comfort zone. My, no, that one, like... I want to play the Italian unit solely for the purpose I want to know use more water to boil spaghetti. <laughs> Which is an actual rule in that game. I so. know. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, I, uh, I, I know what you mean. I have my own uh, things that are outside of my uh, uh, comfort zone. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are there. Mm. Oh, I, I know, like, uh, for some reason, Legend of the Five Rings, I guess I've never had a really good... I have one of... I have the Naga book. Yeah. Can you imagine why? Yeah, but I've read it, and it's honest. Okay, actually, that's the one thing that would be outside my comfort zone. Yeah, is playing a game where it's a culture that I know nothing about. Right, like you know the whole Japanese, you know, samurai honor thing. I could really, I just kind of get just a little weird doing that. Right, right. I know, and that's one of my biggest reasons, also because the few little exposure I've had to it, the players ne- don't seem to really get it, and it just mm. seems to be kind of a I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, but okay. Um, so now, yeah, I got one for you. Okay. Well, it's kind of generic, but I I gotta yeah. know. I'm dying to know. Yeah. Worst game you were ever in. I think I've actually said what mine was a while back. Uh, was that the DBZ one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you've seen how that one ended for me. But yeah. I want to know, Ross Payton, what is the worst game you can remember being in? Um. A few, actually. I mean, obviously, there's the uh, the porn wallpaper thing, um, mm-hmm. which is playing D and D in an apartment where everyone chain smokes. So, I mean, it's just drenched with cigarette smoke. I mean, everything is it just nicotine permeate, the yellow. Stench. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's wallpapered with wrestling posters and porn pinups. I mean, the entire apartment. I mean, it's just everywhere. And uh, yeah, that was a weird. That was only one session. That was a weird game. Um, I think some of the other contenders, like the first time I played in this mage campaign, I just listened for four hours while the other players played. They, he couldn't, the GM couldn't fit me in until the next session. That's just bad GM. Yeah, that's uh, that was. I mean, the game was interesting because it was the first time I played mage, but I, I came. It was like a two year campaign, and I came in the last four months of it. So that kind of um, was unfortunate that I didn't really get to take into that. Um, some of the other ones, uh, I know when I was a kid growing up that like some of the D and D games, I would just just uh, like you don't you don't give a ten year old a, a belt of gender changing. That's just me. That's just cool. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're how are you supposed to deal with that? Yeah, yeah. I was ten years old. I was like, what the hell? I killed my. I ripped my character sheet up. I was just so angry. Like, We're done. Yeah, exactly. And I had eighteen zero zero strength yeah. or eighteen ninety three strength. I rolled really high on my fighter strength, and I destroyed that character just yeah, yeah yeah what about those games with josh um i wouldn't say they were the well i don't know uh which ones are you thinking of in particular anything involving the albrechtian empire oh, his yeah, glorified yeah, like yeah. communism is great type thing. yeah that's that's the thing again that's going into what said one reason why it sets off warning political science if the player if the gm is trying to make a political point by saying oh this system you know you don't want a ron paul you know and ran objectivist running a game because or at least one that injects it into the game because that's really fucking annoying so yeah there's that um god what is the worst single game i've ever had i've had some really bad ones um the thing is my really bad games they're not like like funny bad like they're not like 
great anecdote material. They're just like, really they're, they're, fucking like, boring. I want to forget about this. They're, yeah, they're just really boring. And it's just like, oh, I wasted four hours of my life. Ah. Yeah. What about so. the uh, like the eight mile deep miss- missile silo? That was that was actually a fun game. That was, was just it? Yeah, it was a fun game, but uh, it's one of those things like well, wait what what? Yeah, the, the game master got something wrong, but that wasn't a big deal. I mean, that was like well, come I on, well, come it. on, Ross. We never get anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I think you do. I do. Well, I think you do. Well, I think you're still wrong. You're, so. you're stupid. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to still say the porn pinup thing just because okay. that 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 that. That is the only one that that's a funny anecdote. Just just ew. Yeah, and I can't really say my very first game. Because Wait, wasn't there also the stench of like cat boxes and things? I I, I, I remember you mentioned prob- that at one point. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, there were there were like two or three cat boxes or something like that. I I don't remember the cigarette smoke probably killed me. <laughs> yeah, your, um, your nose was dead at that night. Yeah. Um, okay. One. Yeah. So that, that that's that's my answer. Um, for that. Well said. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what I would like to know is what game would you like to play that you have not uh, had a chance to play yet? I can. That's. It's actually a topic in our forums right now, and yeah. I, I listed some. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Cyberpunk 2020. I thought you've played that. No, you've I've run, run it. it. I have never gotten to play it. Never gotten to play 2020. Same thing with Mage. The, the old, old world. world of Darkness, Mage. Yeah. I've loved. I've loved. I love the book. I love the system. I've I've tried to run it a couple of times. I never get to play it. Okay. And it it sucks. And you're like, you're like, dude, this would be awesome. I I, I kind of just make characters for fun. Like, be cool to play. And then I look at it, and I'll never do it because <laughs> no one I know runs this. Yeah. Or if they, you know, or if I actually know someone that runs White Wolf, they only want to run Vampire, or they only want to run. Well, actually, Vampire seems to be the only one they seem to want to run most of the time. But yeah. more importantly, it's Cyberpunk's the big one. Yeah. Because it has so much potential for good shit that I like. Yeah. But no one wants to do it. No one I know even owns the books. I have the main book. One, oh, I don't see, even remember the, yeah. the edition, but yeah. But, you know, I'd, and it was even brought up one time. I remember, I think it was uh, Matt in at, M- at MSU. Yeah. Gave that when he says, okay, uh, well, I think we were taking a break for the summer. Yeah. He says, but when we come back for the fall, when we start our stuff, uh, here's a list of things I'm thinking of doing. Cyberpunk was one of them. Oh, yeah. I was like, ooh, 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 cyberpunk, yeah. Yeah. I, I was the only one that thought that. <laughs> uh, I, think that was, I think that was when we decided to do the top secret thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, he's, and then I, th- I think he actually told me, well, it's going to be kind of the future, you know, future technology. That'll be good. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> And I played it, and of course did my horrible organ harvesting thing. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, but that I think primarily Cyberpunk, specifically Cyberpunk twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, Sean ran Cybergen all the time, which I really didn't like. But that's the one. I, that's the one I most regret never getting to play. Um. Well, no, I can understand that. So uh, I've got I've listed a bunch of the forums like yeah. Wraith, uh, Primetime Adventures. Uh, Orpheus, uh, let's see, Riddle of Steel, uh, Sorcerer, um, God, yeah, a bunch. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, I've got a, yeah. Cthulhu Tech, actually, yeah. something I'd like to play. Or Ron. Once again, you know, I'd like to play that. Well, if you let me borrow the book, Tom, I might be able to Okay. Help. Yeah, because you never bring that over. Shut up. I know. Um, now, yeah. riddle me this, Ross. Okay. You consider yourself... A horror fan, yes? Yes, I'm Master of Horror. Ah, I see. Very well. Now, 
what gets you going more in for horror? You know what, what, what you know, what's more effective? It'd be subtle, like subtle psychological horror, or survival horror. Okay, which to you is more effective? A game process, whatever. Honestly, um, I would prefer psychological horror, but. The problem with that is that it's so it's I think it it would be a, it's a lot harder to do in a game that survival horror. Um the thing about gaming and horror is there's sort of a problem with it in that, you know, in a game, you know, in normal narratives, the characters die when the characters die. It's yeah. it's, you know, they live to here and they die and then the author can control when they die. And that's why you have in Friday the 13th and all these other movies, minor characters who live to die, you know, mm. to fear up. And if anyone has sex, they're doomed. Right. Well, the problem in gaming horror is that you have no, the the game master has no control over when people die to a certain extent. They die when they die. They, they die when the dice say they yeah, die. Yeah, exactly. Or when they make stupid decisions, or you know, any number of reasons. It's not t- entirely up to him. And the thing is, once you kill the character, a player character, that player can't be scared anymore. I mean, you've done the worst thing you can do to their character. You've killed them, and that's what they were trying to avoid in the first place. And so it's basically game over. Yeah, you, you can't be scared anymore. So now sit back and watch everyone else play. Exactly. I mean, they can get another character, but that's still really. I mean, it's like a, they, well, then if they can grab another character, what yeah. fear does death have? Right. So. I like psychological horror because that sort of solves that. That's more if you base it like on a, a fear, like fear of corruption, fear of insanity, you know, like going more and more insane as you're uncovering some depth or something like that. Uh, but survival horror, it's just a lot easier to do because it's more physical. There's skill checks, fighting, combat, all oh, this other yeah. stuff. So, and, and to be honest, uh, most GM, I mean, you ran a decent horror. I mean, and also survival horrors. I'm thinking about the game that you ran. Right. And just like, oh, fuck, we got to go. We got to do this. That, that can be really effective. So survival horror is a lot easier to run in games. Mm-hmm. So and it, so it's easier to do well. Yeah. In an ideal world, I'd like, I'd, I would, if I could choose between like uh, two equally skilled GMs, one who can do psychological horror really well and one can do survival horror really well, I'd choose the psychological one. Right. But in the real world, it's a lot easier to find a good survival horror game than it is to find a good psychological horror game, if that makes yeah. sense. So, and the uh, thing was, like, running psychological horror, I found you often don't know what's going to be effective. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that I didn't really think the mess hall would be as. Creepy right, as it right, apparently right. turned out to be. Right. Um, but it, yeah, it, exactly. You, you never know what's going to stick. But I mean, still, that's survival horror, the fear of the unknown and like just getting the character to survive, that, mm-hmm. that physical gross thing. I think psychological horror game would be like the fear itself game that I ran because that was more based on what do you do with this corrupting liquid and how do you figure out how to solve it and the moral dilemma yeah. that it poses. So. Didn't I chug it all? Well, yeah, that was the, that, that's the psychological horror, the, the fear of transformation, corruption, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, we sort of left it you know, there. But that, that's the idea. So, um, yeah, um, I think that, that kind of uh, Yeah, I think we've it. also been going cl- close to an hour here. Yeah, just on this. So we haven't even gotten to the fun stuff. So I'm, I know you guys, we've been, we've been bad because we haven't gotten an episode out in the last two weeks. But this is to make up for because we love our, our fans. We, we are, love you too Our much. fans are what keeps us, gets us up in the morning. Exactly. Without you, we'd be dead. We do this for yeah, you. Exactly. So, uh, of course, we still have our regular segments. We have a letter from Tom coming up next. Uh, well, not so much a letter as... 
I try, I try to a put... A free-form rant. Just a free-form rant is all it's going to be. Go. Then I'm going to mention a couple of threads on the RPPR forums you should check out. Uh, then, we, of course, we have anecdotes and shout-outs. So, uh... Stay tuned. Well, I thought about writing this down. So, you might guess by now that I'm actually not staring at a piece of paper reading words out that I've hastily scrawled during my brief moments where I don't deliver shit at work. No, this is just... I was going to write a letter about the, the things I admire about my friend Andy, who is one of the finest GMs and players I've ever had the good fortune to game with. Ford fortunately lives in Seattle now, so our gaming is very seldom and rare. But my trip to Kansas City for my birthday heralded an unexpected pleasure when Andy called me at 9 a.m. the day before, asking if I could do him a huge favor and pick him up from the Kansas City airport. And when I mentioned that we're all, we were all going to be there, well, we got very happy. And so instead of, we, we occasionally exchanged e-ventures, you know, email adventures, where just he writes out a story where, and then puts spaces for my responses. Well, now... We got to do it live, and he did my, the game for my birthday. I'm actually that's, that's actually going to be my anecdote. But what I just want to say here is, every single time I game with him, it's one of the best games I've ever done, simply because I think we just click so much. It's I know what he's wanting to, we're wanting to go with this game, and we just and we just go. So I just want to say, Andy. It's always a pleasure to game with you. I look forward to having you here in August. And I'll use this opportunity to say it's likely he'll be with us at Gen Con. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Anyway, thanks for being you, Andy. That is all. All right, and we're back. That was a very heartfelt Tom. Yeah, I'm I'm serious. Um, And... uh, Oh, I think it's for, I think it's gonna be likely he wants to he wants to sit in on an episode and do one with us. Okay. So when he's here, what do we do our pre Gen Con show? Okay. We actually may probably get to hear his voice now. Awesome. Um, of course, we'll have to do a, uh, have another guest on first before Andy. Oh sure. Uh, and that will be Cody. We'll have him on sometime in the yeah, future. Yeah. Because uh, he has his own little fan club. And you people see, can't seem to get enough of him. Yeah. So we'll have Cody on here sooner or later. Uh, oh, and yes, by the way, his. Uh, his wife says it's really going to his head. <laughs> yeah, she works at the local comic book stop at uh, Vintage Stock, or used to be called K-Bend. And, uh, the, I, that's why she says, oh, by the way, it's totally gone to his head, his fan club. <laughs> and uh, she's actually a zombie in my movie Motorhome from Hell, so uh, which I, is now out on DVD, so you can buy your DVD online at rifflepictures.com, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but that's neither Could here Could you say there. that with just a little more scorn? <laughs> no, it's not scorn. It's kind well, of it sounded condescending. Like it. It's like, do 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 Absolutely, well, so, uh, I've got all the shit going on, but um, whatever. We're going to uh, uh, first do a new, our new feature, Threads. Uh, of course, you know, there's actually a movie called Threads. 
Have you seen this movie? Uh, I don't think so. It's a British movie done by the BBC during the 80s, and it was about what happens after the nuclear holocaust. Oh, dude, holocaust. I have seen that. Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah, very depressing movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, like especially kills... when, that, yeah, when that girl's baby's born and then dies yeah, right away. Yeah, it like, kills your soul a little bit to watch and, it. Uh, but then you can see at the end, their souls are dead. They're dead inside. There's only one. They, they only showed it once on TV in the UK, and then it was uh, never shown again. It's Actually, till it's been on the internet. It's all, it's, it's all on YouTube. Yeah, well, and also Google Video. Video, so you can watch and, the whole uh, thing online for free. We'll put it. Yeah, one thing I actually liked, I, I did one time. I compared the nuclear attack scene from the day after yeah. to Threads, yeah, and saying which one is, you know, more horrific. Yeah, I have to say Threads is because the explosions don't look real in a the, day, the day after. You see, America, we believe in exceptionalism. We're going to win. Everything's going to be all right in the end. Well, USA, USA. No, well, no one won that. Yeah, uh, but in Threads, it's pretty much just um, well. Well, like welcome to welcome to Horrorville. Population all of the survivors. Exactly. So, uh, but anyway, when I mean threads, enough of this little tangent. Uh, uh, yes. The I mean threads on our forums, which are new, and we have uh, over fifty members. We got all kinds of posting, all kinds of goodness. Um, so I'm just going to mention two right now. Um, first, a tribute to Sir Redgar Orphanbane. Um, ah, yes. Our yes. friend Patrick, who is a big player in our games, and. Um, he was recently in our Call of Cthulhu Session 73 Wrath of Cthulhu game, actual play, which ended in tragedy thanks to Tom. Yeah. I I apologize for nothing. I figured as much. Anyways, Patrick talks about the... Uh, of course, you might know in the uh, if you've been following the New World campaign, there is a rival group of adventurers, NPC adventurers, called the Ironhearts, led by Sir Redgar. And um, I'm basing him in part on a player who was in an Iron Heroes game I ran. I was not in this game. I, I know, remember. Anyways, the player meant uh, he was playing an armored knight type of character, and uh, he I'm sure we've mentioned it on the show before, but basically at one point he pisses off an assassin's guild. The assassin's guild sends a street kid armed with a knife after him, and instead of, you know, like disarming the kid and like... Run along, young man. Well, or taking him to the authorities or something like that. Or he who ju- sent you? Yeah, exactly. He just kills the kid. And hence the name Sir Redgar Orphanbane. And I think he killed more than one kid. I think he killed like there's a horde of them or something. But um, Patrick talks about it in the thread so you can hear more about that. And then the second thread is um, Omegle. Uh, all for all your ra- online trolling. Basically, Omegle is a chat service where you, you connect it connects you to a one-on-one chat with a random person, also using Omegle. But they don't give you any identifying information, so it's a stranger. So basically, this is the great place to troll people. So Cody, among other people, have uh, been using it to troll people online (laughs) and post really, really weird and sick shit. So uh, if you like reading chat logs about uh, people trolling other people, uh, uh, it's very funny. So if you're into that kind of thing. I have one I kind of have to say, which is, Tom's one of Tom's characters come to life. I believe was the thread. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was some story. Um, actually, I kind of yeah. I don't even matter what the story is. It pretty much it involves someone mercilessly killing another yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And I'm um, so, I'm so glad that I have inspired people to to do this. <laughs> Which then of course, and I thought of this because the other day on the radio I heard an interesting story from Russia. Yeah. A guy broke, like, walked into a hair salon, yeah. brandished a gun, demanded money. The head, st- head woman stylist disarmed him, yeah. beat the crap out of him, and then restrained him with a cord to one of the, from the hairdryer. Yeah. And then, according to the police, kept him bound there for 48 hours, 
and while while she sexually assaulted him. Wow. He's now filing charges. He should. I mean, there's a fine line between uh, uh, self-defense and Saw, you know, the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, b- between and, uh, being a good guy and being Jigsaw. And I've actually seen, they, they, I've, they uh, on their website, on Todd and Tyler's website, TNTRadioEmpire.com, yeah. they posted the picture from the Russian news of this woman. Yeah. And she's one of the Russian gigantic muscular okay. women. The, the the Russian half orc woman. Yes. Okay. And but to me, just the idea of the the armed robber is filing charges for sexual assault and in false imprisonment. Yeah, that that would yeah you. But it just reminds me, yeah, that someone's going to say that reminds me of something Tom's character would do. In Mother Russia, uh, a crime victim robs you. <laughs> oh, Yakov, you're a genius. Rape victim rapes you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sex is not surprise. Hostage kidnaps you. <laughs> there we go. That's it. That's, that's, that's much better. There you yeah, go. Very hostage well done. kidnaps you. So, Very well done. Which is exactly what happened. Indeed. Um, okay. So let's. Uh, of course, we then we have our shout outs. So um, yeah. Tom, you can go first. I have but one. You have two. Oh, do I? You have two. Fine. You have the Craig Ferguson. Yeah. I don't. I don't want. I well, shut up. Yeah. Okay. I just want to see if you remembered. But I'll go with my first one. <laughs> okay. First, go which ahead. is yes. Craig Ferguson, uh, D- stand-up DVD. I mean, you probably know. I f- believe it's the Late Show. He does the Scottish guy. He has a stand-up video called uh, "A Wee Bit of Revolution," and it's not too vulgar, you know, for what I would expect from a Scottish guy. Uh, you know, racial. I'm sure ethnic thing, but it. I laughed my ass off for 80 straight minutes. It was. It's one of those that I watched. Like, dude, this shit is just funny. I've rented some really bad ones, especially from like I've I've watched a few episodes. Of, you ever watch Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam? Yeah, it's often you know all the acts sound exactly the same. Most stand-up comics that sound the same. Well, this one ninety-five percent of anything is crap. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. Yeah, Sturgeon's yeah. Law. Yes, indeed. But this one, this one now, it was, it's just brilliant all the way through. Okay, I highly recommend it to anyone out there who's into stand-up comedy. Okay, cool. Uh, first off, I'd like my first shout out would be to Kinzer Company, uh, publishers of Knights of the Dinner Table, Hackmaster, Calamar, and uh, everything. Um, their their next issue of Knights of the Dinner Table is issue 150, uh, if you can believe it. And I've been a fan of uh, KODT for a long time. They're, Had your name in it a few times? Uh, yeah, I've been published. Uh, they've published several of my articles. Uh, I can't remember. They mentioned RPPR. They've mentioned RPPR. So uh, I'd like to. If you haven't read them, if you aren't familiar with Nights at the Dinner Table, you should. the The art isn't the point. It's the it's ridic- the dialogue. It's the dialogue. It's a character. It's basically a comic about people playing a a, a D an old school D and D type campaign. And, and every single one of them the rules are, loyal, loy, all, loyal. All of them know the rules front and back. Well, and exploit them. One of them does, Brian, and then the others know them kind of normal. And it, it's it's. And there's rivalries with other groups. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it's it's fun. It, and they they that's where we get the. Uh, they've also done modern games, like they did a Hacknoia, which is a uh, sort of a modern espionage game. That's, that's where we got like, you know, no, no witnesses. witnesses. You know, they they, they 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 never even got out of the airport. Yeah, they're trying to go to Canada to investigate something. They they decide to waste everyone at the airport and panic. Basically, it's a a, a case study in gaming logic. Which is again the the sort of heart and soul of RPPR in a lot of ways, and yeah. Um, so I want to congratulate them on their 150th issue. Well done, and um, I hope to see many more, and so on and so forth. We'll be seeing them at JitCon, so maybe we can get an interview. You look with forward them. to another 200 to issue 200, then. Yeah, and 250 and 300. Oh no, no, no. et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, what's your next one, Tom? Well, 
The next one, I have to, I know, and you, you may even think less of me that do that you're such a child, but I promised I would mention the place where we ate in Kansas City. The T-Rex Cafe. For those who might, those who know me know that, among other things, I'm still most, mostly a kid when it comes to certain things, and one of those is dinosaurs. I love them, still love them, pathologically almost so. And this place is basically a dinosaur-themed restaurant. Mostly for kids, but it's, it's the decor... Actually, everyone I went with thought it was really cool looking. You know, there's a big full-size T-Rex in the front that's constantly moving around. It's, you know, there's sound, there's like sounds of like, you know, like you're in a, you know, jungle all around you at all times. And it, they they have actually a big, a big fish tank with sharks in it. And, you know, the, the menu is like, is all dinosaur themed, except you know, everything, everything on the menu has a dinosaur themed name, except for the Linguini Alfredo. It's like, I think we're probably, we, we can't think of anything for this. The burgers like Bronto burgers and, you know, but if I, yeah, we got nothing for that. Okay. But it was, it's an experience. And if you ever get to Kansas City, it's at the Legends Mall in Kansas City off uh, 435. I recommend, I recommend check it out if you're into that sort of thing as much as I am. Okay, cool. Um, now I've got a whole bunch of other. I will sit back and let you do your thing. All right, first off, uh, uh, these are ones I've mentioned before, but I like to bring them up again because they're still good. One is Dungeon Crawl. It's a free roguelike, which is basically a hardcore uh, hack-and-slash dungeon crawl type RPG. Uh, basically, the rules are incredibly brutal. If your character dies, your character is deleted. You have to start all over from level one. Um, you there are many, many, many ways to die, and only one way to win. And uh, it's they've uh, the reason I'm bringing it up now is they've got up to version four point five, point uh, four five, and when I brought it up was point three. Point four five adds a whole lot of shit. Vampires as a new race, um, all kinds of improvements to it. It's fun and it's free and it has graphics and it runs on everything it's fun and free yeah and so the tr- you know the the du- the dynamic d- f duo right there exactly second i like to bring up riff tracks uh, oh well you like course. mystery science, science theater 3000 of course you do yeah you will like riff tracks and the reason i bring it up is because my friends and i watched the riff tracks for twilight oh, and yeah. it's hilarious it is i mean i i don't want to i know some of you will probably like defend twilight and this isn't about that this is i don't care about the relative merits of twilight or not all i care is that the riff tracks of it makes it hilarious and that's good enough for me so it it is crap i can just i can justify i can be i'm fine with twilight because the riff tracks of it is funny that's all that i matter about i'll say it's crap well Whatever, Tom. Whatever helps tracks, you sleep enough. But Rift Tracks is funny. Okay. Um, so then uh, some new things uh, that I'd like to mention. Um, first, fans, friends, and followers. Building an audience and a creative career in the digital age. It's a book about how to be an artist, how to build up a, a fan base online, and how to make a career. So basically, it's what I'm trying to do. What we're, Tom and I are trying to do. So uh, it's interviews with people like uh, the guys from Red and Blue. Uh, Red right. vs. Blue. Um, Homestar Runner. Uh, oh, yeah. directors, things like that. So it's basically interviews of how people have carved out their own little niche. So if you're interested in that, that sort of thing, you should check it out. So um, so check it out. Exactly. Right this instant. Um, next up, I'd like to... These are two bargain bin finds that I found at Metagames. And, and 
I mean, is it not often you find cool shit there? Exactly. Uh, in fact, they posted a thread about this sort of stuff uh, in the forum. Post your bargain bin favorite. Bargain bin favorite. We did an episode for that, too. Yeah. So uh, I'm, this is just going to be an ongoing thing. First, I'd like to mention Friday Night Firefight. It's and the, speaking of my wish to play Cyberpunk, Yeah. it's the Artel Saurian combat thing, right? Yeah. This is a 24-page uh, paperback with just the combat system. Modern combat system, you know, hit locations, cover, cu- yeah, critical hits, uh, one hit can kill you, all kinds of fun stuff. So I want to try this out as actually kind of a miniatures game. Like everybody gets four guys, and see, it's, and, it'd be in my comfort zone because you're running it exactly. So uh, we'll we'll try and do an actual play, then. and probably end up using the same D and D miniatures. Like we might even do a thing where we have pictures of it online. We do a whole little page like with an actual play with little. Post. An actual play with visual aids, Ross, you're crazy. I know, right? Maybe like we a, even put it up on YouTube. Like that a would fox. Be, yeah. Uh-huh. We'll do a video of it. That'd be cool. Uh, next up, uh, you know, I'm a simple man to please. If I see something in the used section that says, that sells for only $1 and or $5, um, and it says Zombie Town USA. Oh, you're there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much there. And it's interesting. I like this because it's set, it, GURPS, Third Ed. It's dual statted for just normal GURPS, like modern day, mm-hmm. and Car Wars or Auto Duel. Yeah, which is like their Mad Max post, like futuristic. Everyone has supercars. So it's funny because it's like a normal version, the mayor is just a normal guy. In Auto Duel, he has Kevlar armor and an auto shotgun. Oh, sure. <laughs> In the normal version, the town, that Zombie Town USA, is just a normal town. In Auto Duel, they have uh, indirect fire artillery that's computer controlled and will fire on you from three miles away if you don't radio radio in the town and or, tell them that you're coming. Or have an IFF transponder. Exactly. <laughs> everything in there. I like how this guy set it up so everything in the, the adventure works either way. It's they just like the zombies are like in auto duel they have additional power so uh, you need heavy weapons to kill them. <laughs> it's just ridiculous and I love it. And what I like about it is the way the adventure's written. It just kind of starts out all right. The players come here and they start doing this stuff and then it doesn't explain the plot and the whole secret behind where the zombies come from, what's going on until the last two pages in a sidebar. It's so like, oh, yeah, if you want to know what's going on, here it is. And t- in 10-point font on the side on page 63. And it's just, <laughs> I love this 80s mentality. Like, it's more important to describe the diner and everything in the diner and the waitress than it is to describe the whole fucking plot of the adventure. Damn straight. And the thing is, the plot is actually pretty cool. There's, like, four mercenaries. I mean, there's, like, mad scientists. There's four mercenaries uh, called the Four Horsemen, each with a different color. There's, like, an albino. There's a guy in black. There's a, a, a you know, Linda. Love War, Red, Yeller, and Blackie. Make large. I mean, yeah, it's fucking crazy. There's even a hunchback. I mean, there's a fucking hunchback in it. And uh, yet, the guy still felt it was necessary to provide a map for the fucking diner. And, uh, um, you know, the clinic and the Seniors Activity Center. There's a page on the Seniors Activity Center. Well, of course. I fucking love this shit. I mean, this is great. Uh, You know, uh, I think in last week's issue of Time. Yeah. They had an article that's saying zombies are the new, are the new monster that's in. They are. There's, They're fucking great. Yeah. There's so, a whole article on that. I'm actually working on a zombie series for Railery, if you guys remember that. So, uh, mm. yeah. I don't want to spoil it, though, but it'll be fucking awesome. So so awesome, you, your brain won't be able to comprehend yeah. it. Yeah. So I think that's... Uh, that's They'll have to make a sanity check to see how, just how awesome that is. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even so, know. So, I think... Uh, that, we're down to the anecdotes, yeah. 
And uh, as promised, I'm going to deliver the anecdote that I had last Saturday. Okay, let's hear it. All right. You're going to have to imagine the scene first. We're all sitting around a Days in hotel room in Kansas City. So there's the room, and there's two. There's a ch- table and two chairs and the beds, which didn't work. So we moved the table into the center of the beds. So Andy, the GM, was sitting on the chair, and we were both sitting on, our, on each bed. And he ran a game for my birthday. And this is the game where you play yourself only with a superpower, uh, you know, or some ability that you want to have. Like, Aaron's playing himself if he's a tech genius that could build an armored battle suit. I'm playing myself if I had, like, a 10-foot-tall Venom symbiote suit with four arms. And once again, it starts out the way we, I always like it. You know, it, we're we're sitting in this bar that a place I'm. He'll go to the morse, but he's, it's called Zudu's Lounge, which is a, a bar and kind of lounge and place to hang out for freaks to hang out. And we're we're having a, my party there. We're all like you know some you know a lot of NPCs we've dealt with a lot over the years, and some I've never met before. Are all you know gather exchanging pre- giving me you know presents for in you know, game presents. That, you know, he actually wrote down a game. He says, you have these now. You can use whenever you want in the game. And a vampire comes in with a werewolf on a chain claiming this place, this place is closed forever at midnight. And where the owner, the guy he only calls Wayland, who is actually, has no description. He's a tentacled Lovecraftian horror that mainly dwells in the kitchen. Says that he's had to sell the place. So what we go on is an adventure to try to save the place from getting bought out by this rich guy who just hates the freaks that, you know, frequent it. I don't want to go into the actual game because it's basically it's a big combat scene where we disarm some bombs. But it ends with us going to this skyscraper restaurant and lounge where all the rich hang out in this place. And we go there to confront the guy because we know he did it. Of course, we have no proof. And so, and this is where, the way we're in sync... Andy uh, sent one of his one of his NPCs with us, and th- and his plan was to trash the place. And Andy said he was actually worried that we would just actually try to kill this guy. But no, we knew I knew what he was thinking, and so our characters just start trashing the place, not hurting anyone, but uh, tearing down art. I vomited acid all over his table. You know, good good things like that, and got him to he says now he says he says if you he says. Since you've closed down the one place that the freaks hang out, we're gonna, the freaks are going to keep coming to where you hang out, unless you give them a place to hang out. So we, you know, won the day, had it signed back over, and you know, the game lasted about two and a half hours. But it's one of those where, like, God, I fucking missed this. All right. Ugh. Man, he runs. Man, we play good games together. <laughs> fucking a. Sounds pretty uh, in in Andy, Andy, yeah. once again, if you're listening to this episode. You are the man. Oh, okay, that's cool. Um, no, I, again, as I said, I mentioned uh, I've been playing, and mm-hmm. I've been playing in a game on Sundays, uh, Fourth Ed D and D. We've only played like three sessions so far. We started at level eight. Uh, I'm playing a rogue, as I said, and basically what we're doing is we were all in the world of Tolis, which is a big super city that Monty right. Cook wrote up, and we were all suddenly teleported to this weird like 
countryside and there's like we found these this small farm village and the people are like hey these guys are raiding us and kidnapping our people and kidnapped the mayor's daughter oh fuck well let's go fuck their shit up and start start the hero my rogue you know basically said assumes that a wizard did it and you know it's like all right we're gonna blame the first fucking wizard we find (laughs) but um you know we split up uh we find the the bait the the dungeon that the bad guys are hanging out in and um you know we all we're all tearing through them and basically, we find this locked door. And since I'm the rogue, I sneak up and pick, you know, check for traps. There's no traps. I, I start picking the lock. And then this little slot opens up. And the guy's like, hey, what are you doing? The guy sees me picking the lock. And I like, I say, uh, it, let me in. I work here. And so I roll bluff. Roll natural 20. Nice. And it's like, oh, I don't remember hiring you. And we talk back and forth. It's like, yeah, I'm new. Um, I've got subcontracted out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. And uh, basically it's like. Outsourced. Yeah, exactly. Um, What happens is he uh, uh, won't open the door. Until there's an owl bear that they 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 captured an owl bear and were trying to train it to be like a you know guard animal, but it broke loose and it was you know tearing shit up because it's a fucking owl bear. That's what, that's know. that's how they roll. And he apparently the the GM applied the savage berserker template to it. Oh, fun! Yeah, so it's like yeah, I'm not opening this door until this owl bear's t- uh, t- checked out. So I was like, all right, fine, because I'm a nice guy. I'll do you a favor. I'll prove how great I am as a new employee. It's like, it's like, you but, help me, I help you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll kill this owlbear for you. Don't forget, just forget about it. I'll deal with it. Then forget you, about but it. But then you let me in that, that that fucking room. So uh, the the plan was we would find the owlbear, we would kill it, and then uh, we would we had two dwarf, two of the players are dwarves. So we would hollow it out and put the two dwarves in the owlbear, and then me and the half orc uh, NPC or PC would. Uh, 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 drag it in there in the enemy room, and then we'd ambush them and we'd be like, "Ah, we're awesome!" But Operation Trojan Owlbear. So first, for the owlbear, we found there was one room left full of in- enemies. So we uh, killed some lizard folk and uh, got some meat of them and used that to to draw the bug uh, the owlbear into the room with the other enemies. So it killed all the enemies for us, and then we killed the owlbear and. Um, course that was a long ass fight because you know apparently when you make it a solo monster and give it a template it has like over 300 hit points so i'm basically uh the entire fight it's knocking people down knocking them out and i'm just on its left flank basically stabbing them in the left ass cheek over and over and over <laughs> again uh but we eventually kill it and so uh we stuff it out we we do the plan yeah we do the plan and it works we get in there there's like seven bad guys in there but we get a surprise round and basically the fighter uses this power called uh, come and get it we basically draw forces all the npcs to move as close to him as possible so there were like seven guys there but they were all scattered throughout this room but suddenly they were all just swarming our fighter and so like i'm uh, sorry fighter we're just going to use our area attacks on you and he's like oh that's cool i'm a fighter and so we do like a ridiculous amount of damage to the bad guys in like the first round just through that and so we won easy the gym's like boy that was supposed to be a hard fight i was like you planning planning operation trojan owlbear and i was of course totally confident that it would work with no possibilities of failure whatsoever no so. I'm going to give you a terrorist fist bump. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, um, when in doubt, kill a giant monster, put your dwarves in it, and then sneak it into the enemy base. There's well, can nothing your, can go wrong. Can you put your halflings in there? Oh, my God. 
That's a brilliant idea. We didn't have any halflings, but we should get some. Uh, get to get yourself some halflings. Yes. So um, or kobolds. Oh God! You could how many kobolds? You could get a shitload of kobolds. Or put traps inside the owlbear. No, Tom, that's retarded. Or explosives. Okay, that would, yeah, explosives. Yeah. Well, if we had them, we would. So um, that's a lesson. A dead stuffed a, a, a hollow owlbear is your be- an adventurer's best friend. Sweet. All right, so this has been uh, episode 31, Be a Team Player. This is uh, Ross Payton here. And Tom. And Tom Church. Tom Church. So uh, we'll uh, talk to you next time. And thanks again for supporting RPPR. Be sure to donate some more if you want to. We love money.